<laughs> Are you ready? Hold on, I'll put this over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take my headphones on. It kind of. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. Is there? Well, no. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not going to kill you. Well, I don't expect it to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Good thing. Good thing. <laughs> okay, okay. So you're going to. Drop right, this in. You're going to drop it in from a low height so we don't splash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to drop it in. Yeah. And then you're just going to shoot it. Okay. Ready? Ready? All right. And then I made a mess. You didn't even get it all. What's wrong? Hey, you didn't even get it all. Are you serious? Are you fucking kidding me? Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I was going for a clank, but you know, I'll just go fuck myself. So that was that was the message. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I have a paper towel for my face? <laughs> Yeah, you guys have such red lips on camera. I uh, know. Oh, we consumed a lot of Kool-Aid. We did. All right. <laughs> so what was it? Oh, it was a uh, – so the, the people that make the energy drink that you tried that's Gabby's, it's the yeah. same company. That's just real energy. That's real pre-workout. Not the – like Gabby's is like a fat burner. Oh, okay, okay. But that's like an actual pre-workout. Oh, and so I we, just, might, we might be ant. Well, I did like two-thirds of a scoop. I didn't do a whole oh, okay. scoop. But you're supposed to do it in like, you know, 12 to 16 ounces of water, not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two. So I figured the, the Gatorade will balance it out. And then we'll get – I feel better already. I yeah. Mean, you know, we'll good. you don't want to be low energy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we definitely won't be low energy with this. So I was going to go take a sip of this. I don't think I should. Does that have shit in it too? That's pre-workout too. Dear that's fuck. that's the one you gave me earlier. Do you want uh No, I'm good. All I'm right. Good. I'll be okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they all say. <laughs> I'll be good. All right. All right, whenever you're ready. Yeah. All right. So well, welcome back. Here yeah, we go. podcast number two. <laughs> we're on fire. Dude, we're killing it. Yeah. I mean, we're on we're on pace to like to do like Yeah, ten. to get a third one or something. <laughs> <laughs> we're two thirds of the way there. Yeah, we all made right. it. So obviously we're gonna start the podcast. I've kept you in the dark, but uh, yes. I played the tournament at Mott this weekend. Yes, and there were some uh, extracurricular shenanigans, um, non-tournament specific, yeah. take place, and uh, it, it's a situation that I've never never been a part of. So it was very interesting. So basically, there's a Vehicle City Open at Mott Park on Saturday and Sunday. So Sunday was like the pro day and there were other divisions and stuff. I don't know. I really don't pay attention, but yeah, definitely pros played and then other yes. people played as well. <laughs> so, so while we were there, there's uh, if you're not familiar with Mott Park, it weaves around the Flint River. Mm -hmm. So as we were playing, like water is a factor. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like a course that has water that like you hear of a guy every once in a while that throws a disc in there and you're <laughs> like, oh man, you really fucking shank that. Yeah. It's like a legitimate factor on the course. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I've lost two discs there in the water. Uh, mm -hmm. There's also a bunch of like sketchy rough. There's one hole that like the rough is super sketchy, which I got into, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I found where the discs hide, which is great. <laughs> I didn't find my own, but I literally got into this circle and there were just like discs everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is where it goes. Yeah. But anyways, um, so the, the, the water is a factor. People do throw discs in there and it happens. So there's one guy standing on the bridge throughout the tournament. There's okay. another guy like standing on the side kind of like whatever by the river throughout the tournament tournament had a whole bunch of spawn uh, a whole bunch of spotters very well run event everything was clearly marked there's a lot of like support staff out there in terms of spotters and like some holes have like two three spotters at it because there's like shit to the right water to the left all this other stuff mm -hmm. um so the other people that were out there the one guy on the bridge i i thought maybe didn't have something to do with the event um 
but he was like like he was helpful like Sky- skyler at one point like turned to drive over on this like shot where you throw like 400 feet over to the water mm-hmm. and it, like w- he ripped it to the right it went through the tree but it actually made it across and the guy's like no dude you, you made it across it wasn't in the water because we all thought it was yeah um so he's like pointing out discs and just kind of there observing i don't know if he was like just like wow this is really random that there's all these people out here um but the other guy that there was another guy out there that was like kind of by the water and he had on like waders and stuff and and like people would throw and you're kind of standing there so during the tournament you only have you know a couple minutes to get your disc or whatever and it goes in the river that river specifically the current's pretty strong and the water is not clear mm-hmm. so even like i threw in the water second round um i could get i could see my disc it was like eight feet away from me but yeah. even for me to get it with my retriever it, t- it took me like almost the whole two minutes because yeah. the current's so strong and then like there's all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff in there and whatever and so trying to get out was kind of pain in the ass and mine was literally like just in it hit the shore mm-hmm. and then cut a little bit and rolled just into the water so there was a guy out there though that was like watching and then like your disc would go in the water and then when you're going to the next hole he would go in and get the disc and all this other stuff so when the tournament was over a guy on my card i was on chase card a guy on my card goes over to get his disc back and the guy literally was like no and he's like i don't understand <laughs> wait so the guy had his he disc, had though? His, had his disc yeah. for sure had his disc yeah. and he goes over and he's like hey you, you know like i threw my disc in the water i saw you going after it i had to play my <laughs> round and uh you have it i want it back and the guy's like no it doesn't clearly have like your name on it or whatever he told him but no you can't have it back yeah so then he came back up and i was like well i don't know i was like i guess i would tell paul the td you know maybe he like whatever paul grasso was yeah. running this yeah okay. yeah and he did a great job yeah yeah i like i like I, paul yeah he always does a great job super personable guy yeah um so we went up there and he's trying to figure out scores and payouts and everything else and you got like eight full-grown men being like hey man can you talk to that guy about getting our frisbees <laughs> back and paul was very much just like yeah or you could do it yeah right like, i mean <laughs> why do i got right it? i'm yeah. like you know like he's not gonna listen to me anymore than he's gonna listen to yeah. you and i'm trying to do payouts and everything else and then yeah. everybody's like oh yeah that makes sense okay. so we'll go <laughs> So, uh, so Skylar's like, well, I'll, I'll go over there and get my disc back. And I'm just thinking like, well, I know Skylar's going to get his disc back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Skylar, t- Skylar told me during the round that he used to, uh, squat like 500 pounds. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I did 220 at Wait, one point. Wait, that's it? <laughs> I did 220 at one point. Not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, <laughs> we've all, you know, we've all got accomplishments. Yeah. So, you know, Skylar goes over there and like a handful of like dudes, you know, kind of go scraggling with them and, and go over to talk to the guy. Mm-hmm. So they go over to talk to the guy. I didn't go. Right. I'm just like, yeah, I didn't throw a disc in the water and yeah. I was calling Gabby and whatever. So I'm sitting on my cart. Plus, I was kind of racked up by the end of the day mm-hmm. and uh, I'm chilling. So they come back. Everybody comes back except for Skylar. And I was like, uh-oh, some, sh- <laughs> <laughs> some shit went down. <laughs> oh, like, shit. You know, we're, oh, no. Yeah. Um, but turns out like they were like, give us our disc back. He's like, no, he was in the water when they went over there, like standing in the water. He had like a bag with like all the discs in it and shit. And yeah. So Scott was like, that's my disc. You're going to give me my disc back, whatever. So the guy pulled the disc out of the bag. He's like, this is your disc? Fine, you can have it back. And then threw it in the water. <laughs> but it floated. Like it didn't, <laughs> like, it didn't like sink down into the yeah. water. So Skyler just went in the water and grabbed his disc. Yeah. And then like came out of the water, came back up to the thing. to get. He got second. So he came back to like grab his cash, got his disc, and was just kind of like, you know. That guy's kind of a bitch, but I got my disc back. Whatever. Yeah. And everybody else is like, no, I still didn't get my disc back. Yeah. So it was like really awkward. So people were complaining about it, whatever. So I I got, you know, like they did the payouts and all that stuff. And I I sat up there for a minute and then I went to go put my stuff in my truck and get ready to go. 
So the guy had gotten out of the water with his waders on and the bag of discs and go over to his truck. Mm-hmm. Well, at Mott, there's one way out of the parking lot. Yeah. So he goes over to his truck. I don't know what he was thinking, but like as he goes over to his truck, it soon became a swarm organization of yeah. disc golfers like I around can his truck. <laughs> so there's a video online today that I saw of like JB like in front of his truck because mm-hmm. they had gone over, yelled at him, confronted him. He just got in his truck, rolled up the windows and was going to leave. So then Jay got in front of his truck and was trying to stop him. So the guy just like was driving into Jay. Yeah, so I Jay, saw. Yeah, so Jay's trying to like push on the hood of the truck and the guy's like kind of like running into him and then other people were like trying to get in front and he was just like running into people and like whatever it is. Um, so then like there were cars coming. So he like swerved around those cars trying to get out and then like kind of gassed it to get out of the park. Well, by that point, the people up by the Tournament Central at that building, like right there by the gate, they just locked the gate. Really? So they put a chain around the gate and locked it. So he couldn't get out. No. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, oh, yeah. go, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So then he yeah. he's sitting there. So now you have like the big swarm like on his truck. People yelling at him and like, give us our fucking discs and whatever. And um, and he couldn't get out. So then he backed his truck up awkwardly and like backed up till he was like basically bumper to bumper with the one car that was kind of a little bit farther back from the gate. So he's probably mm-hmm. 150 yards from the gate and just sitting there with the windows up. So mm-hmm. people just keep going over and yelling at him. And they called the police. Yeah. To like come and you know mediate the situation and whatever because you know the park is closed for the day for the event Mm -hmm. grasso got the park closed so you should not be in the park unless you're part of the event right so the fact that you're there one you're not even supposed to be there but two Mm -hmm. the fact that you're like grabbing discs that people can't get to when they don't have the time to go get them themselves and then you're like i'm not giving it back it's my property because you walked away from it and yeah it, it seemed very clear that like he was just stealing people's discs. Like yeah. he didn't comprehend that, and he got the idea of like, well, if you leave a disc at a course, it's then up for grabs. But it's not. It's a tournament. Like they didn't leave the course; mm-hmm. they just left their disc to go finish a round because they have a time limit on how long they can try to get their disc. Right. And he was like, or well, find it, or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It is. Right. Yeah. Right. So then he's thinking like, well, no, then they're up for grabs. Like these are anybody's discs, you yeah. know. And uh, was just like not willing to give them back. So Flint turns out actually has real problems and Mm -hmm. like, you know, like people like actually need police assistance and mediating a Frisbee debacle is low on the party list. So it's going to be a minute. So they didn't blocked in. I sat in my truck waiting for it in air conditioning because I was kind of hot for like 40 minutes. And uh, eventually he realized like he was trapped there. He didn't have anywhere to go, whatever. So after about 30 minutes, he started giving like some people their discs back. Like some people were like at the side of the truck yelling at him and talking to him and whatever. And he'd eventually like reach out. Like I'd see like every once in a while, like, you know, him like <laughs> slide a Frisbee out of <laughs> like the crack of his window to like some yeah. dude. And then the dude would like, you know, take his Frisbee and walk away. And <laughs> some like weird cat feeder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you he'd just like one. feed it out of the top, yeah. like a mail slot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then he'd like randomly like give some people their Frisbees back, but not all of them. And like instead of just turning over the bag to the tournament, yeah. being, like, here you guys sort this out. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, you're already doing it in the first, like, what's, yeah, I don't, just one at a time. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So I was just thinking, like, you know, like, dude, you're really just costing me my Sunday evening. You know what I mean? Like, I had plans with Gabby when I got home, and I'm just like, dude, I'm, I'm literally, you're just, you're just time vampiring me now because you're an asshole. And like, this is what, like, I don't even know what the payoff is. Like, he, I don't know if you got this idea. Yeah, like, why did he think that he was going to come and just, like, steal a bunch of discs yeah, be, for the turn and then sell steal them? them on the internet? I don't know. Yeah. But even, like, how many do you think he had? I think he had, like, 20, maybe 20 discs. Yeah. Um, but then people had, like, offered to give him some money to get their disc back, and he was like, no, I don't want it. So I think he was really thinking, like, that he was going to turn around and get, like, 
huge profit top dollar for them or whatever no. like these are tournament discs these must no. be nice yeah and that's stupid too because you think if that was the case five bucks right like to, like i went into the water or whatever right and which i think is yeah absolutely 100 percent. i get my disc back flint river you went into the water million bucks. here you go here you go here's yeah. five dollars we're set yeah right. yeah no totally problem. no not the case <laughs> like that that wasn't it so um so eventually this this woman in a Yukon in a Yukon or a Tahoe or whatever just like drove over a parking block. Mm-hmm. It pushed the parking block out of the way a little bit, and then she just drove up this grass hill. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't see her get stuck. I didn't see her anymore. <laughs> and then I yeah. saw another car go up that way, and that car also like I never saw them like roll backwards down the hill or whatever. Yeah. So after like the tenth car did that, finally I was like I had been stuck there after the tournament like a good fifty minutes, mm-hmm. and I was like I'm out of here. So I just like went up the the. Plausible deniability. I yeah. may have <laughs> just driven up the side of this grass hill and gotten out, got back on the road, and then driven home. Yeah. Um, but I guess eventually, after a long enough period of time, because a lot of people, I guess, went out that way, that eventually, like, they just because of the amount of time, they just let them go. Really? They just were like, they got Fuck all this. his information. They got, you know what I mean? There's like pictures and videos and everything on Facebook of him, his truck, everything else. And then um, somebody was going to take it and, like, actually complain to the police. And like do like actually do a complaint for like you know yeah. whatever it would be some kind of theft, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the, you know they let him out, and then like ten minutes later like the police showed up, so they gave her a frisbee. <laughs> they yeah, they gave her like a tournament. Yeah, I saw the picture. I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't understand like what just happened. <laughs> it's an outreach program, you yeah. know. Take disc golf to cops. What the you know, shit? So, but anyways, so the cop came and she was really like you know nice and obliging and whatever. But uh, at that point, I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, but it was like the the craziest like not round related disc golf thing that ever happened to me at a tournament. Yeah. You know, and very much like for me as a person, I've always like held the idea that when I'm driving somewhere and this is m- my inner workings, whatever. But when I'm driving somewhere and then all of a sudden I'm like stopped in traffic and I get delayed for like an hour because you were texting and you like rear-ended the car in front of you and now we have to wait for the police to come and now we have to wait for like traffic to be diverted and all that stuff i don't want you to go to jail but i think like everyone who is inconvenienced by your stupidity should be allowed to punch you in the stomach <laughs> yeah. right like so like yeah. all right you, you know you're like there i was like huh stuck yeah. in the traffic and like one of the cops yeah. like kind of has their arms behind him and you're like ah boom right like you, yeah you, you know you made me late to like people have i mean maybe people have to go to the bathroom you know what i mean like i don't know you know, mm-hmm. in traffic, I'm always thinking like, yeah, like something of actual urgency, not like I right. need to respond to like this thought or right. something. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> you could be like missing your kid's soccer game I and mean, whatever it is that's going on. And now yeah. like my entire system, because you're texting and driving or whatever it is. So I was thinking that very much with this, like you came up with this really shitty scheme to like steal Frisbees from people yeah. that are, you know, and like, and I was did you not know? That there's no money in this game, yeah. like what the shit? Like, yeah. <laughs> like no, there's he's not. The, he's the one yeah. that's gonna figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, so I was, I was very much like, you know, we should all like, we don't even have to wait for the cops to get here. Like, you just for the hour that I lost because you're a f- dumbass, I'll give you a frisbee. Yeah. If you just let me punch you in the stomach, you know what yeah. I mean? Like whatever. Oh, that's worth it. Yeah, I've for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Hands down. Oh yeah. I've got something in my car I never throw. It'd be yeah. well worth it, you yeah. know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Actually. I'll let you have this disc if yeah. I can drive it into you. Yeah. There we go. Champion Perfect. Groove. They're very yes. valuable. Let oh, me give this great, to you. dude. Um, so that was good. So I was just thinking of like, just to start this off, because it's been like a huge buzz and then like people have been all on Facebook about it. So I was going to ask you like, what is the craziest non-disc golf, like round specific thing that you've experienced at a tournament or a casual round? Because I, gr- I have a great casual round one. 
I mean, I know we talked about that like a little bit beforehand. So I was trying to like come up with something and like the craziest one is the, you know, who story. Like, honestly, that's probably the one. And I don't even want to put that like on blast really, which is like basically long story short, like go to a tournament car gets messed up. There's third party involved and I just get screwed out of all of it. And that's like the craziest one to me because there was like friendships involved, like people I thought were good people. Yeah. Turns out like they're just shitheads. Yeah. Like absolute, like whatever. And it's more or less like money's just money. Like you can make more of it and whatever. Right. But you're willing to sacrifice friendship because of you don't want to own up to X. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like you're clearly in the wrong. Like it, if you really think that you're in the right, then it's like, yeah, then I don't want to be friends with you anyways. Cause you can't just like take accountability into that. But like any sort of story like that, I don't, they're similar ish, but it was like kids and it's at victory park. So yeah. at, for angry squirrel or something. And there's that one hole that's on the back nine and it's 180 feet, 200 feet straight across onto that weird peninsula or whatever. Yes. And so that's where great, everybody throws. Great hole. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. I, I legitimately think it's an no, awesome I do, hole. I do yes. Too. And just a straight shot. Yes. Yeah. And so there's kids like in the, in the area and it's not like, the best ish area i guess like i mean based off like houses that are there they're like really dilapidated or i don't know like what the economy is like there right but they'll go fishing and then they'll go and like pull out discs and then they're really sneaky about it or whatever and i've never like had to confront them because i put a disc in there and then they got it or something yeah um but like i mean disc golf related itself i think the craziest one was isn't even like that crazy other than like it was at Ledgestone, I think, like, 2016, 15 or 16, something like that. And um, Pro goes unnamed because <laughs> he's a world champion. And I don't know, like, I wasn't there entirely for it, but I was there when he was getting his disc fished out. And then, so he throws into the water on this hole. Okay. Yeah. And he, to get to that is really hard from his side of the water. Dude on the card in front of us gets the disc out for him, throws it back to him. The guy who throws it in the water strokes him for giving his disc back because he threw it. Yeah. Which is very like, <laughs> you're like, ah, that, I feel like that's yeah. like a, a warning. Yeah. Like just, Hey, like if you're going to do anything, because it's like warning, like, Hey, you did this wrong and right. it's not like, and then after it's like, boom, like football, boom, like, but that seems like very shysty. And even still like that doesn't add up to like this story yeah. of my, when i saw that i was like what the shit and it never crossed me like wow it was like this time or this time or this time yeah i don't have very at least from what i can recall very yeah, it was very bizarre because it's yeah. usually like so like you, you might have like a really small like confrontation at the end of a tournament about like <laughs> something very specific but usually i always i i find like the like it's usually the same people that have conflicts oh yeah you know what i mean so like the same person will have a conflict with this person and then like in a month i'll have a conflict with that person so like at the end of the tournament when like I don't know anybody named Larry, but like when Larry's like all <laughs> yeah. fucking pissed off because this guy did something, you're like, ah, Larry, yeah. classic Larry, yeah, right? Yeah. And then I just yeah, and then there's X amount of people that I know that I'm sure we have mutual knowledge of that is Larry. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I, just I, that's per. Yeah. I just change my part. shoes and get my stuff in my truck, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've never had something like that where it was like really like crazy kind of conflict. But yeah. one time uh, last year, I went out to play Lakeshore, hit up the disc, the you know the throw shop. Yeah. And uh, I met up with Ty Alfano and uh, my, my other buddy, Zach, and we went and we played and like, I forget what hole we were on, but it was kind of like 
evening-ish. We were trying to like get every hole in that we could. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden, I heard like pop, 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 pop. And it sounded like an air gun. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Terry was out there like doing like different repairs and all this other stuff. And they were like working on the other course. And then there's that whole apartment complex there. So I thought it was a nail gun. Okay. Because I do yeah. repair that's, work. That's what and, I was thinking too yeah. when he said and that. And I yeah. used a nail gun. So I even said like, man, it's like, it sounded like a nail gun or whatever. And then mm-hmm. nobody said anything about it. And then we played like three more holes. And then there were like Suburbans with lights all tinted out and like uh, police line tape. Everything like stay away at the Dairy Mart right across the street from the from the course so it turns out wow. it was not a nail gun <laughs> it was a gun gun but it was two people that had a shootout at dairy mart like a literal shootout which i was like kind of blown away like at, the weird gas station right there that yeah. you're t- okay right like across the street off of one yeah <laughs> so right there so we were on like oh i think God. we were on like nine or something when it happened yeah and uh, so it turns out like someone had beef and they were keeping it real yeah and they got up there and they were like oh shit and then they pulled out their gun and like started shooting at that person that person also carrying a gun was like, hell no, not on my watch. Yeah. They pull out their gun and like have like a full on gunfight at Dairy Mart. Did anyone get shot? And they got away. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Like, I just remember hearing in the news like that there was a shootout. One person shot and then the other person returned fire. So is that when you found out that it was a shootout or do you yeah. find out? Okay. Well, once all the cops came and the police line came, I figured oh, out okay. that it was a shootout. Okay. okay. That yeah, I, yeah. I, but I thought like one person had gone up and like just like unloaded a gun on somebody or whatever. But yeah. I didn't know that there was like. No, it was return fire and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I just live a really sheltered life. Yeah. Because <laughs> if somebody ever <laughs> shot at me, I definitely wouldn't be in this place of like, oh hell no, like yeah. like let's get this going. Yeah. Um, but that that was that was kind of crazy. I thought and, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was the most like like it, not it's it's like amazing in the sense of like that's that's not normal. Like over there, maybe it's, it's not normal, normal here. No, right? no, not normal here in Troy. <laughs> There's plenty of places where it is normal though, which made me think like yeah, like wow, yeah, that could be the world. That could be the life you're living. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's so. nutty. But yeah, um, so I wanted to ask too Go because uh, my buddy Kyle asked me this question, and it was funny that you brought up, well, or you kind of brought up the story, but like that that story happened with dudes stealing discs and whatever, yeah, and with it being like your property or whatever, yeah. Um, at what point is it like if you are looking for a disc, like you go, you lose your disc at Stony, yep. like whole whatever name number on it, whatever, yep. And you, you're looking for, like, I don't know, 10, 20, however long, and then finally, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to move on with this round. Yep. Is that disc still your disc, or is it whoever the fuck you finds it? Because, like, I personally, like, if I have, like, my name and number on it, like, I, I even write, like, please return. I've got stuff back because I've written please return on it. Yeah. And they're like, I don't even know what this fucking thing is. Very few times, but it's happened. Yeah. Um, But I've also had times where people will text me saying like hey i found your disc i'm like oh sweet like can i get it back because i'm more than willing like i'll pay shipping and i'll give you like five dollar finder fee or whatever depending on like the disc like if i really want it back or not it's like um it's whatever but i've had people do like reach out to me and they'd be like no i just want to let you know i found it and i'm just keeping it yeah so it's like me personally it's like what the fuck like that's just going the extra mile to be a dickhead in my opinion but like i don't know if you share the same view i know Fred has the views like as soon as you're like done looking, it's no longer your disc. I, so I would I go. Know. So the world that I've lived in very much is like if you leave. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can interpret that kind of one of, you know, a number of ways. But I feel like for sure the minute you get in your car. Yeah. It's not yours anymore. Possibly 
But what if you like leave your phone on the course and then you get in your car and leave? I'm talking about discs. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm not talking about like yeah. personal property. Personal property yeah, yeah. of value, th- you know, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that discs don't have value, but like, right. you know, like other goods, let's say. I'm not talking about. But like disc-wise, yeah. I think like the minute that you get in your car to go home and leave it behind, mm-hmm. right, it's not yours. Yeah. I don't care if you lost it and it's happened to me. At, it happened to us. Yeah, I don't care if you lost it at nine thirty at night at Stony, mm-hmm. and the cop comes up and is like, "The park is closing in ten minutes. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to rape your face." And you're like, <laughs> "Oh God, no!" And you're like scrambling to the car, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but like, yeah, you got in the car. It's over. It's mm-hmm. over. If somebody finds it, if they want to return it to you and do the right thing, sweet. If they want to like just keep it and never say anything about it and black out your name, they can do that. If they want to yeah. like go some weird way and text you and let you know that they, you have it, but they don't want to give it back to you. It's up to them. Like yeah. I think at that point, honestly, it's up to them. Um, but for me, like once you leave, so I think if you're out there and you leave the area to continue to play or to do something else, and then you're going to go back after the round and somebody finds it, it's real hard to be able to determine when they found it. Mm-hmm. Because obviously that day you're probably going to leave without it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I left it on eight, played out the rest of the round to 18, went back and unknowingly when I was on hole 12, someone found it, put it in their bag. And then like, you know, I went back that night, couldn't find it left. Like the minute I get in my car in my mind, like that disc is gone forever. And if I get it back, Mm -hmm. great. If not, like I left. Right. Um, You're kind of like already in the mindset of like the disc is gone. Right. Like Like even though it still exists, it obviously exists. It didn't spontaneously go somewhere else. Right. Like hopefully I'll get it back. Yeah. But at that point I'm really like, thinking of like how many backups do i have yeah do i need to start calling what's people? the next one i'm putting in its right. place yeah, yeah. Like, well, like it's already like, it's already gone yeah like now do i have to beat one in like where are we at yeah um but the weird one that i've always thought of is like when you can't find it and maybe this was earlier in like my disc golf career because it doesn't happen a whole lot now but when i can't find it but there were people up there mm. and it's weird that i can't find it yeah that's always the weirdest like interaction with me so specifically when you're playing firefighters or some smaller course there's a lot of yeah. intersection of holes yeah so if and I it's not like you don't have tree pubes everywhere right and like it's, it's not like it's wide open wooded. ground it's basically this right yeah so when i throw on 17 a turnover shot that hyzers the fuck out and it goes over by like 12's basket 13's tee pad or whatever it is there's people putting out on 12 there's people teeing off on 13 who i don't know they look suspicious yeah for whatever reason and then i walk over into a wide open area that i'm pretty sure it was and i can't find it like i, I like i was wondering like what the situation is when i just ask like i'll ask like hey did you guys see a disc come over here when they're like no yeah i'm like did you really not see a disc come over here and like yeah. i like i always have the that's the hardest one for me yeah because i just want to be like I know you saw that fucking disc yeah. come over here. Let me look in your bag. Like, yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Um, so that's one for me. And I don't just really don't play courses that that has come up very often anymore. Yeah. So, and when I'm playing like smaller courses, like <laughs> my shit's pretty much like right on track. So I'm not yeah. like, you know. Yeah. And usually every time that that's come up with me, cause there's been times where it's like, I like, I'm like 99% sure that you fucking have it. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm angry that it's like not visible. Cause it's like, I'll throw this shot. And then usually I've gotten good over the years. Like I'll, if I'm throwing a couple of shots on, like say we go to toboggan, like that's a very hard thing to like, it was like right here, like hole one, it's blind. How do you know it's like right. right here? But, um, like if 
I'm throwing multiples. And then as soon as I have like a bad one, that's like, that's it. Like all the other ones are fine and whatever. And they're at least relatively right here. But that bad one is like, I got to find that one first. Cause as soon as you throw a second one and that's bad. Right. Now it's like right. game on for like hide and go seek, like pro right. edition or whatever. Right. Um, but every time that I can recall, I've always been wrong. Like that 99% is like that 1% is like, really they didn't see it or have it or whatever and the only story i know of was jared at stony like forever ago and it was so i forget i think it's uh what 15 is the little stupid hyzer on the blue course where it's like 140 feet 150 feet 13 13 yeah. so the whole after that the like blind turnover yeah. he threw like a glow buzz and he's like i know it's parked and whatever and like he goes it's not there he's looking around like he spends like all this time and he like asks the guys and then he goes back to look because they t said no obviously not and he goes back and jerry can get like amped up like yeah. skylar yeah, like yeah. to some degree or whatever yeah and uh both could probably squat like 600 pounds yeah. or so yeah. at one point in like time or elite, another elite collegiate athletes yes yeah, yeah. yeah. these aren't you and me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> um he goes back to him and he's i think he's like with fred or something too anyways he goes back to him. He's like, let me see your bag. Like, yeah. Why? Like, I just, I want to be sure you guys didn't just fucking steal my shit. Yeah. Cause I know it was like here. I knew I threw a good shot and I can't find it. Yeah. Like whatever. And they go like, fine, whatever. Looks through like the one guy's bag. Another guy's bag doesn't find it. Third guy's bag. Who is like the dicey guy. He's like, no, yeah. I didn't see anything. Right. Like, why are you looking around? I'm right here. Right. And, uh, he pulls out the dude's discs and it's underneath all the discs, like, laying flat underneath yeah, yeah, all yeah. of them to try to, like, conceal it. Just, like, rips it back. And it's like, you're a fucking dickhead or whatever the yeah. hell. Like, but that's, like, the only story that I have of that. Yeah. And then, like, when it comes to, like, finding discs or, like, is this my property now that I found it? I give it, like, one or two. Like, I'll give you a call. I'll shoot you a text or two because people are more, like, they don't answer their phones as much. Like, I don't know, a 760 number right, or whatever, right. or some, uh, like out of state I don't, number. I don't or need a car warranty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So then <laughs> my credit rate isn't changing. Yeah. So yeah. then I'll shoot you a text like, Hey, found your disc. I'll send a picture of it. Right. And then like, what you got like 24 hours from there. And then the next set, like if something were to show up like that XL or something is like, dude, I never got anything back. I sent two texts. I tried calling nothing right. at that point. Now it's like, for sure. Like you're done with it because right. you're not, I don't know, your number has changed or whatever the fuck it is. I don't, I'm not going all this extra away to give you a $15 brand new disc. And it's not $15 because it's not brand new. Right. Or whatever. Mine, so. most of the time when I'm on the course and I find the disc, if it's not at a tournament, if it's a tournament, I'll like pick the disc up, take it back to tournament central. Yeah, for um, sure. When I'm on a course, if I find a disc, one, I don't want it. Yeah. Right. Like I, I think I found and used one disc brand new, mm -hmm. no markings on it, no nothing on it. Obviously, the person just bought it at the store is at Toboggan. Yeah. They took it to that Toboggan. Zeus or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Took it to Toboggan, threw it off the hill on hole three. It made it all the way to the bushes on the left. Yeah. And then they just didn't find it and walked away. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah. it looks sweet. I was like, cool. I'm going to use this disc. Other yep. than that, every disc I've ever found in my entire life. I'm just like, yeah, I don't want this. Like, I don't yeah. throw this. Like most of the time, anything I find, I don't throw it. Yeah. Like, it's not a disc I find. So, I usually just take them and I'll put them on a basket. Like, if it has mm -hmm. no name or anything on it, I just take it and put it on the basket. person okay. behind me can live that moral quandary. Yeah. I had a moral quandary one time. I found an 11-time Firebird at Firefighters on Ooh. hole one, blue long, on the right. At Stony. I mean, yeah. yeah, at Stony. Okay, okay. Yeah. It was dope. And yeah. I was like, oh. 
<laughs> moral yeah. quandary had a, na- had a name and number on it mm. and i was like oh this thing's so buttery yeah <laughs> so i threw it like twice and i was like oh man like yeah. i've never done this i've uh, never you know like uh, trying to like justify it to myself so i forget what hole i was on but i was like i wasn't done with the round yet it was back when it was 27 holes it was before they put in the two the green course yeah before yeah. they put in two different courses so i was playing on something and then i threw it and i totally couldn't find it and i was so relieved yeah, <laughs> I was ah. like, well, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, we're bud. Still square. Yeah, you know? I did like, that at uh at Toboggan, uh this year actually on hole three too, yeah. and and that hole is great because oh I know this story. There's uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait with the pro beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, what I mean, it, what well, does pro beast do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. Um. But yeah, like that hole is is great for for uh, people watching yeah. and watching is like well, like I mean, you know, Fred and I will sit there and like watch people throw. This yeah. is clearly not the shot. Right. Oh, this is a turnover. I'm gonna throw Road Runner. Like, right. No, that, get punched in the forehead. Like throw right. something else. <laughs> and so, I've, t- I've turned it over to the right more this year than I have in my entire <laughs> career. Really? For some reason, I keep thinking like I got the touch now. Yeah. I can do this. <laughs> And, and like, did I went up there the one time, and there were like these people who had never been there before and were not very good disc golfers. And I was getting ready to tee off, and I told them, I was like, well, let me give you a couple tips on the course. Yeah. Hole three, just make sure you throw something that goes left. You yeah. don't want to go right. It's not worth it. Like, whatever. And yeah. then I just straight up, right in front of them, right after I told that, just fucking Heiser flipped something over, <laughs> like, right into the shit. And I was like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, and then I look like, like a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. actually came down, caught up to me, and they found that disc. And I was like, ah, bro, Jack, what's yeah. up? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, with that short story, then it's like I go and I find Pro Beast. Yeah. Hilarious. Like, how is this not way over to the right? Right. Like, this thing is so beat. Feels great. And there's like a name on it, like in like Chicken Scratch or whatever the hell it is. And then I go and I'm like, I'm going to see what this does. Lose it immediately on the same hole. Like, second shot. (laughs) And I give it like five, ten minutes of like looking or whatever. And it's like, well. Guess that's gone. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. My life will never be the same now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing with me is, though, with like this whole thing and whatever, is uh, I'll find discs. And when I find them, they have a name on them. Like, I'll take them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll call people. Yeah. When I remember. But what yeah. happens sometimes is, is like, I'll have a disc and then it'll go. It's, it's not on camera, but I have like a little wood box over there. Yeah. And like, when I get home, as I'm unpacking my shit, I'll like put it in the wood box. Yeah. And I used to have a different bin before this whole setup got like this. Yeah. And I would just put them in there. And I'd be like, oh, one of these days I'm going to call all those guys. <laughs> Would and, and then, and then uh, you know, it turns out, Mark Kish, uh, years go by. And then I'm like reorganizing my shit. And I'm like, man, I got to call these guys. I feel like such a dick. And then I'm reaching out like, hey, man, I found this tie-dyed crank. Like, I think when Obama got elected. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if yeah. you throw this or not, but yeah. like, like no one's going to respond like, yeah, I throw that. Yeah. Because, dude, you haven't owned it for three years. Like, let's get serious. I know how many I know how many different bins this thing's lived in at my house. You yeah. Know? But uh, no, I, I've, I've started like returning those discs mm-hmm. this year because like I had to reorganize my stuff. Yeah. Uh, when I switched and over, it's just like, taking up space. Well, when I t- when I switch over like the disc craft bag, then like in order to make all this make sense to my brain and have me not go OCD crazy, like I had to like move everything around. And then I was like six discs too many to have it make sense so then i was like i'm gonna go through and pull out all the all these like whatever random discs and shit so then uh yeah so then i I started calling those back i still have a bin of those discs i even have (laughs) i have a couple discs i guarantee in someone's bin 
in their basement that like I would kill to have back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, me too yeah. for sure. And like I'm still <laughs> yellow Casey Avier. Yeah. <laughs> yellow Casey Avier. Ace disc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have my own bin of discs, and it's like I have I think two or three people's ace discs. Yeah. And I've reached out and like I got in contact with them, and it was to the point it's like, dude, just give me the shipping for it, and I'll just put it in there for you, because right. like. I want my ace disc back. I had like I have that sentimental thing for yeah. it. <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah. And like they're like, yeah, sweet. Like blah, blah blah. Give me your PayPal, and then like nothing. And then I'll follow up. Like, hey, do you still want this disc? And then nothing. Like yeah. I, ha- I have specifically this yellow Z Archer. Yeah. That was in the basket. I think that he aced. So he like signed it and like put it back, or I don't know, or like it was just he like putted with it or something at some point. I was like, how is, like, it's just in the basket. Yeah. And so, like, at that point, it's like, he's probably still on the course, text him, nothing. And then, like, uh, he responded to me to, like, later that night. It's like, oh, yeah, I fucking love that disc. And he, like, told me the whole backstory of it yeah. or whatever the hell. And then just ghosted me. Yeah. It's like, dude, I one, I don't even throw this fucking piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's just, it's just a, a, a keepsake of just, like, I have this ace disc. Is it your disc? Would you get? No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Somebody, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't be caught dead I throwing three, this disc. I have 380 ace discs. Yeah. I didn't even know you had that many aces. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get people that get gambling debts, and then I make them pay it back with their most valuable, valuable uh, like, property. Yeah. So I just take people's ace discs. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, unrelated to this, I have a question. Yes. I, I saw something today on Facebook and there was a video posted, which was then taken down or whatever about like, did Nico cheat? Did you see this? I talked to Feldberg about that earlier. So I wanted to ask you about this because I didn't see the video and then I didn't know if it was, some, I'm old. We'll just keep, well, sure. I'll keep bringing back that. Yeah. So then I didn't know if it was like clickbait that then I was like actually like helping someone out by like clicking on that or following through it or whatever mm-hmm. and i figured out you were coming over today so we could get into it and if yeah. it was something real you would know yeah so what the fuck is that about and what was it yeah so i was actually talking to felt like before i called you i was talking to him specifically about that like there was yeah. some other shit and then that came up um and that other side note he's like you should reach out to him so nico can have like he'll do it and then just say like feldberg said blah blah, blah. Yeah. so he can like defend himself but ultimately i guess uh, as it was explained to me, I haven't seen the video. Dave told me about a little bit about it. And I guess uh, he was called out for cheating um, because he was uh, breaking the time limit. So you have like 30 seconds, like yeah. when you line up for your putt yeah. or your shot or whatever, okay. you have 30 seconds to decide and execute. And he was like, there's so many clips of him obviously yeah, at, breaking this rule. At, absolutely. And at, the one, at the one point when he goes to like to get his putter out of the basket, he says like, used all 35 seconds. Yeah. Like he said that. Yeah. 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 And so like, I don't, to me, it's a weird thing because I have my own reservations about that, I guess. And I get that it's a rule, but also there's people that just have like a time limit. And I don't think that he's going out of his way to do it. He's got a long routine just yep. in general. Like, yep. I don't think it's, I'm going to try to win because I'm trying to stall everyone out. It's just, I think that's his setup or whatever. I don't know. I don't know from personal experience. Yeah. I'm also a Nico fan. Like I was ecstatic that he fucking won. Right. I was ecstatic. Dis- disclaimer alert. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I would, I mean, one, I would, I need to figure out how to get like X person in on this. Like yeah. if we can just do like a phone call or whatever the hell, because yeah. I do want to hear like what he has to say. Yeah. But um two also i know he was taking other time because he was spin putting nico's not known for spin putting right 
like he's pure on like pitch putter or whatever dave asked him like why were you spin putting he's like dude it was just so windy yeah and there's times like for sure i think predominantly throughout the tournament he was pitch putting but there was times where it was just like lines up a pitch putt but i think it's easier to give runs spin putting and like i remember i think it was like the third to last hole in the last round it was like the elevated basket and he was like within attack range but maybe just the wind didn't set up for it because like pitch putt if you're in a tailwind it's easy to run that because you just lob it up there and it slams down. But in a headwind, it can like carry away and do some weird shit. Yeah. So spin putting, you can kind of like throw a little S on it. At least for me, like if I'm trying to do a safe run, it's like a nice little loft like spin at the end of it, and you throw it in the Anheuser, and if it like gets up there and makes it cool, if not, it just like floats and falls down. Right. Fi- but Philo explains it beautifully. Does during, he during Goat Hill during his commentary? Yeah. yeah. He's just talking about like the. Just put a little Annie on it. You know? Yeah. And a headwind. Like, you know how yeah. cool Philo is. He's like, yeah, oh, just put yeah. a little Annie on it. It's going to hold the angle. He's you can smooth run as X-Lax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe he was doing it, but I can't say for sure. But, I mean, that's that's what I got out of it. So, yeah. so I, that, so I want to see the video. About? Yeah. All right. From me getting that knowledge from Dave. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So, we're the authority on this right now. Yes. Right. Third, <laughs> yeah. Third-hand information. For sure. Yeah, this is Nico fucking cheated. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I, I think stuff like that is very much like, uh, you know, it's called on the course, right? The people that you're playing with are the people yes. that are, like, also, like, you know, officiating what you're doing and all that stuff. Yeah, and you, because yeah. that's that's where it all resides. Like, you can't go after and, like, he cheat. Like, you can have these weird discrepancies. It kind of falls... Uh, maybe it's not the best example of like going with the goat who's the greatest like kenny or paul or whatever and it's but you're not like there in that time right so it's hard to like have my opinion on who's the goat like i have my opinion but i don't think it holds as much water as say dave because i haven't played one like with either of them and two there's not really coverage of ken like there is coverage of kenny but like in his prime not really right but Dave was there, so Dave can say there's, there's like extra. Yeah, there's some old videos where that guy's like carrying the sign, and Ken's beating everybody by like 37 strokes. Yeah, and the other guys are like still pumped just to be near Kenny, and Kenny's yeah. just like oh, fucking. Let me gang, touch your ears. Ganging down cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I got this. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I mean, that's you guys are. It's right, all within that card. Yeah. yeah, you're you're officiating each other. You are required to have your officials exam be like up to date or right. whatever and then if you guys can't resolve that right then what because it's it's kind of the same thing like if you're in it like if this is inbounds and that's out of bounds this is technically inbounds because this is just touching right but if it's like really close like this then it's like one benefit goes to the player but to you it's you as a as a group to decide this right so if you've decided that this like even if like this is in and it's hard to see it but it's like an inch away from it and if you guys decide that this is in that's up to you right i would look at it and be like you're out of bounds for sure right but if you've decided that it's in right what the fuck am i going to say about it right and then i could be like oh you cheated or whatever but also you guys have made like made the decision that he's good Right. I don't know how else you can go about that because it's right. not like we have officials on every card, like moderate. I don't know how it is specifically on like the PGA tour, but even then they're hold to like the higher standard where correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you know, better than I do. If they fuck up on their scorecard, like as soon as it's written down, it's it. Yeah. They're screwed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But part of the thing that happened with it, it did happen with golf is, mm-hmm someone watched the coverage the live coverage and then called in and called out a pro and they got penalized for it 
Really? Like a, yeah, it was like a huge scandal for the way that they spotted their ball while they were putting. Really? And like got an advantage. Who was it? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. But I remember it was like a huge thing. And then it was like, well, live coverage. Like if you're like some, like what jackass? Like is sitting at home, like oh oh yeah, and then like who the <laughs> fuck do you call? Yeah, right. Like what the shit? I don't, I, who do you call? Like yeah. how do you even look that yeah, up? Are definitely you, not Ghostbusters. Go- yeah, you're googling like uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so that was a thing. Um, but I would think something on like time or something like that. You know, no one. I've never seen anyone out on the course with their like phone on timer. You know what I mean? Or like no. stopwatch or whatever it is. So I think it's like perceived thirty seconds. Yeah. So I would think in that situation, like. It's as long as I think 30 seconds are. And once I bring it up or once it becomes a concern to me, like maybe then I want to take my mind off of trying to win this tournament and put it on like getting my phone out and starting my timer when it's his turn and watching it get to 30 seconds and be like, no, see that time you were completely over. Yeah. Like those guys, those guys are out there trying to win a fucking tournament. Right. Like, yeah. like, like where your mindset would have to be. To be like, all right, this is starting to take, like, he's starting to take longer and longer, or he already takes too long, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then literally be of the mindset that, like, I am going to now take this action to pull out my phone to have proof that when he started and when he stopped was more than 30 seconds and all that. And I think unless it's something that's disruptive to the other players, or is like a legitimate issue that they feel is a competitive advantage or something like that, those guys are in the mindset of, like, trying to perform at a high level and trying to win. Yeah, because as soon as they're doing the 30-second thing, yep. they're away from their game. Yeah. Because they're focused on you. Right. While, while you're putting, they're yeah. still thinking about their shit. Yeah. Like, when someone else... Like, I always tell people when I play, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not a big fan of people stealing my pad. Yeah. Right? I, I don't like that because, like, I earn the pad, and, like, it, it keeps me in a better rhythm when I'm first on the tee pad. Yeah. But realistically, besides that, if you want to go before me, and anybody that's ever played with me will tell you this, like, if you want to go before me... Fucking do it, dude. If you're set yeah. up and you're ready or you're feeling it and you want to go, I don't care. Yeah. Because my game comes down to how I perform and what I do with the opportunities that I'm given. Yeah. It's and and there's like a legitimacy to it because of you earning that pad. I know in like casual rounds, I'm pretty notorious. Like just ready golf. Like yeah. that's just how it is. But in like tournament play, earning that pad, the rotation of tee-offs does, I think, to some degree define how it plays out yeah because if x person and x person are like head to head and then dude steals the pad it could just like they could have had a different game plan based on how you were gonna throw or x person was gonna throw so if it's like oh shit you and ob so now it's like i could just throw this simple thing that's like yeah very safe versus the other way around it's like well fuck one you stole the pad courtesy violation whatever the hell right and then it's like i gotta deal with that so it's it's a weird thing yeah, I just to I just, some degree. Yeah, I just don't see people at that <coughs> level that have spent like like we talked last time about like the process of progress and all that thing. Like you've put in all that time, all the work, everything to get to that level, and then you're there and you're thinking about like, man, this guy's taking thirty five seconds to putt. Yeah. I'm gonna get my phone out. I'm gonna get yeah. totally mentally out of my game and yeah. get on you're my like phone. You're like doing something wrong because yeah. your brain is or your mental game isn't where it should you're be. You're not dialed yeah. in. So it, it yeah. like that brings up an interesting question in my mind, and I had thought of it earlier in the day that I wanted to bring up as a topic, but now definitely seems um, very poignant with this coming up. What do you do to get into like tournament mode? Do you specifically have a place of mental space that you like to be in when you're playing on it when you're playing at like a competitive level? Mm-hmm. Because we talked about before in terms of like 
getting into like the competitive juices when you're getting back in the leagues and then you want to go back to playing tournaments and whatever. And I know that we both played an amazing 926 rated round at yeah. Northridge <laughs> Church that neither one of us yeah. could like get into gear on. Yeah. But um do you do you have like a thing that you're trying to get to? Like I know we both also talked about like over warming up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh I remember I saw Jared at States the first time I saw him at States and that motherfucker was like dripping sweat, <laughs> literally like <laughs> ripping drives and like yeah. running over to his disc and picking. And I was like, dude, yeah. he's warmed up. And I was no. like, I'm <laughs> not warming. He is so warm. I'm not warming up he enough. He's so warm. You know? but <laughs> I need to sweat like him. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, does anyone have an shit? agility ladder? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. So, and that's changed like throughout the years because that's, uh, as I said or touched on before, where it's like, that's where I needed the most work. And, arguably everybody yeah. needs that because uh, like 90 10 so 90 percent mental 10 percent physical whatever um you you can only say that though because you have huge long arms <laughs> so you have, short, necessarily. you have short arms it's like yeah. 70 30 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the hell um so it's changed throughout the years so it went from like trying to like when i was first trying to figure it out it was trying to treat it in some way of a casual round so it's not like so much pressure on it and then variations of that because it's obviously like you feel pressure because you want to do well like you want to win or whatever the hell it is like to prove to yourself prove to like others or whatever to your reason is to get the fucking <laughs> ladies yes so it's <laughs> gabby amanda just came back won a tournament yeah, mm. oh, what's up? <laughs> yeah, it's time <laughs> you know what we talked about <laughs> So it went from trying to figure out to like trying to like test things. And a lot yeah. of times it was, I played well with like my friends, like specifically Jared. I play with Jared a lot. So it was kind of mentally putting myself into that mode. Yeah. But the things that actually deter me that I still have to work on based on our uh, round at Northridge is not letting the other people's like negativity affect me or if like my friend because i really do enjoy playing with my friends i enjoy playing with you yeah but when there's like this weird slump of whatever where it's like legitimately i feel like i should just go fuck myself because i like spoke up or was trying to like explain something so yeah. nothing happens like in the future, in the future right. dan um that it's like it just puts me in a weird mood when realistically I should, I know I need to overcome that because that's just going to happen. And specifically, and you were there for States when we spent, and you were still with Danielle and I came back from the course Yeah, and you're like, the I had never seen Zach like this before yeah. ever. And it was one of the worst tournament rounds I've ever been a part of where it was like, I know I need to like overcome this. Yeah. But also I think it's on a, professional level uh, as them as competitors to not affect the card in this way like you're here to like show professional professionalism professionalism yeah to display that for the sport right and it's a game so, of etiquette yeah yeah so if you're out there like bitching and whining because you can't have your candy bar timmy well it's like no you can't whatever it you're like 20 30 like you're a full-grown person yeah like fully developed brain and then this is just how you interact and i'm playing this round with these people where it's like i i'm there to compete i'm there i want to play well and literally all three of the competitors i'm playing with were just like the biggest fucking crybabies i've ever dealt with 
and it's like dude i wish i could punch all of you in the forehead with like a rock and then just leave yeah because it's like i'm so mad because it's like i'm still playing well but you guys are just while i'm teeing off you're mumbling to yourself in the background while i'm trying to putt you're over there smashing your chair into the tree while i'm doing whatever or or like others it's not just me it's like they're doing it while the other people's are other people are also being like crybabies too right where it's like not even just to me but for your fellow competitors like even though i'm competing against you i want to play well and i want you to play well but what i really want is i want you to play well and i want to be good enough to be able to beat you at our best right like whether it's you you. or these other people or whatever the hell i don't want to win because you kept fucking up but like i want to win because i played well if you fucked up that's your own damn fault if i fucked up that's my fault so that's something i really focused on throughout like the past few years like that's mental strength in and of itself i know that this affects me in this way i know that i can't let it affect me in this way now what do i do so now it's trying to put myself in a world like if i recognize that this is happening if i know going into it that these people are like this that i'm gonna have to kind of like go into la la land in some way where it's like i'm living with myself and they're just here existing with me and i'm here just to play the course and i have to enjoy that i have to actively work at not letting certain things affect me that i know affect me and that's just part of the mental game and then something that's recently helped me a lot honestly is disc golf valley (laughs) yeah so like thinking of playing my game like i do in there because of the cliche like play how you practice practice how you play because if you're not doing that then you're not really playing your game it makes no sense so if i'm treating all my rounds like i'm playing in there which is like i don't like hopefully this makes sense but like when i'm throwing a drive in there i know it's different because i don't have it's just your finger on a screen right but it's like i'm setting up all right this is a par four 600 and whatever feet you're forced to know what the wind is doing more so because you're we're all at the same level based on this game so discs are going to react basically the same way so how are you going to actually play that and where are you going to try to land and it's more of a like placement but like uh strategy to it right so i try to bring that mindset literally to this even though like oh what do you mean you do that like that i already do this well this is how i had to figure that out right to really take my time to figure out what it is and then the other thing is um trusting my gut yeah like that and i think that goes with anybody like your intuition your gut like what like if you're stuck between two discs on a hole what does your gut say like and it's like for me it's an immediate thing so if i have to throw like pd2 or turn on something then it's like pd2 i know what the disc is going to do I know it's fast, but I know it's it's predictable and what it's going to do and how I should throw it to get there on X hole or whatever. And then having confidence in yourself of everything. And that's probably number one is confidence in yourself, in your ability to do X, Y, and Z. And knowing your skill level for attacking certain things. So if you know that you're not going to get there in one on three at toboggan, because I don't know that anyone that can, maybe like the big guys who just go all out and just have like spotters just in case to know where their disc is because they can then just throw freely. Maybe they get there. Yeah. Or just knowing that you can't get there in one. So now you're playing placement golf. Where do I want to be? And what can I throw consistently? Not like 
well, Darren can do it, I can do it, or right. Paul can do it, I can do it, so on and so forth right. in some degree, you're having to play your own game. So, like, if um, it makes no sense, like, if your skill level is the same, it makes some sort of sense. If this person's skill level is different or if their versus, or if their game's different yeah right. then it's like you can't really make the decision off of that you have to make it based off of yourself and what you're doing and make your game plan better than their game plan and execute better your game than they do you win great yeah um and one of the things that actually i relearned that drives me fucking crazy to some degree like i get it i do understand bagger 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 just to razz the person for winning yeah when really like i think it should be like a more of a cumulative congratulatory thing yeah i think that gives us some amateur like status like in my opinion like i get it but it's everything that i've gone to like tournament wise not like the big ones like i haven't <laughs> i haven't done well enough at the bigger tournaments to go to like the award ceremonies or i'm traveling with people who like i play better than they do and they're all butthurt about it so yeah, i got, drove they gotta get home yeah it's like yeah. okay well i guess i'll just go fuck myself and right. not want to do what i have to do or would like to do um that's something that i've re again like relearned that just kind of bugs me like it doesn't like affect my life in some way but it's like this is just kind of like why can't you just give compliments yeah. it's always like some bullshit i get it if it's like dudes won am four like seven yeah. years in a row six like, time amateur of the year yeah or six time uh, yeah like what, are, what, are, what yeah. are you trying to do like you're like yeah. it seems seems strange like i think that you should be moving up or forced to be move up moved up all the way until like am one like actual amateur because it's like intermediate or rec intermediate amateur and then pro right like that's the big step like i think if you stay am like your whole career fine right that's fine because that's the difference you're playing for plastic versus actual cash versus plastic plastic and plastic like why wouldn't you try to like do better be better for yourself in that way you're still playing for the same thing and also like you you've won this tournament x amount of times in a row you started here because you're new what do you think other people are doing in this division? Like they're new, like Dan started like am three, but like, yes, he throws far, but also <laughs> his consistency off the tee is like, yeah, bro. Like what the shit? Like it makes sense that he's there, but also by far he's putting way better than right. probably everybody else. Like his putting is phenomenal. Like with how short he's been seriously playing. Yeah. He can putt from a hundred feet. Like, stepping through sometimes depending right. on like wind so i don't know but that's that's kind of like my thought process to some degree i hope that makes sense um, yeah my, my my tournament setup like last year i had dialed in mm -hmm. and it helped me a lot because i definitely beat or did better than people that are better disc golfers than i am mm -hmm. like I, I i definitely did better at tournaments than people that can Definitely throw farther than me <laughs> and yeah. definitely like do, you know, do more things than I can do or whatever. But I feel like my mindset going into it was very much like, this is what I'm trying to execute on each hole. Right. And then when I'm getting ready to tee off, like this is the shot I'm trying to throw, you mm -hmm. know, standing on the tee pad, holding my disc at the angle I want to hold it on and be like, I'm trying to do this angle with this much spin at 80% power, going back to the tee pad, letting my brain relax and then just trying to execute that one thing. And I feel like when I'm in the right mindset, when I've done my morning routine the right way, when I've warmed up properly, 
and my brain is harnessed into what I'm doing, that then it's just executing one shot in a row to like bring about this game plan that I have mm-hmm. and not letting like when I don't execute beat, beat myself up over it. Like just being like, no one's going to play perfectly. And if they do, I probably not going to beat them anyways. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to go out somewhere and Wygren or Skyler or somebody else is going to go out and play like a perfect round, dude, I'm not going to win anyways. So I can't, yeah. I can't worry about it. I just got to like really try to do like the best I can on each shot and, and, and really like bring my game plan into reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it helped me all year. I didn't have an issue with it. I could really like my morning routine worked. I started the tournament every time, like where I wanted to be. Like one trick I use that I've told a bunch of people about is like whatever the first hole, when I'm on the first hole, whatever I think I should get, like I just give myself like a one stroke mental buffer mm-hmm. because like I'm going to be a little tight. I'm going to be a little nervous. I'm going to be whatever. So if it's like a hole that I'm thinking like deuce or die, I give myself like three, like I give myself a par. So I'm not going to beat myself up over like not birding the first hole. Yeah. Or if it's a three, yeah. you know like what I mean? Uh, hole one at firefighters where it's like casual round. It's like, I want to do this. Right, I, I should do be it. doing this right. versus there where it's like same thing. Right. Totally. Right. Totally. So I'm thinking like, all right, I'll give myself like the one free stroke on the first hole without mentally getting down on myself and being like, you know, oh, I fucked this up already. Cause that's like, yeah. the, I think the worst thing. And also like the anxiety, carrying the anxiety through the round. Like most of my round mentally is just trying to like minimize anxiety. Mm-hmm. I want to play like neutral golf. Like I want my brain to be clear and my body just to execute. Yeah. So every chance I get to like do something that's going to minimize the amount of anxiety in my system, I do it. Cause I think like anxiety or frustration or whatever it is that you deal with, like minimizing that and managing it throughout your round really equates to better scores. Mm-hmm. So like I'm conscious of it. And so while I'm playing, I'm just trying to like, whether it's joking around with people, whatever it's doing, all of the things that I'm doing, I'm trying to like use to minimize that like build up. Yeah. So you don't end up like two bad throws in a row and you're like, God damn it, you know, and yeah. like ready to kill somebody. Yeah. And that and then one thing I was thinking of as you were talking too is that um I don't know when I started doing this, but I've worked at stopping doing it again is yes, the basket is your target, but you don't have to like ace run every fucking tee shot that's yeah. not how it like works right. so it's like you have your bullseye on the ground and realistically like 30 feet it's a pretty big area yeah to land in so if you're at a basket and you're thinking like how to get there like how do you get there for a putt like right. not how do you get parked like sometimes yeah but there's holes i mean at, at northridge there's a couple like shorter like i don't know 280 300 foot holes where it, wide open, yeah, you should be like really close or right. whatever, pretty consistently. But in these lines where it's like to get close isn't terribly difficult or like have a putt, even in like a long, like 40, 50 foot area. Yeah. But getting parked is like, wow, that's phenomenal. And that's a completely different shot. Like, uh, so you have, okay, you have the triple Mando. Yep. You have the little derp after that. And then you have the straight one after that, right? The one after that I'm referring to, right. where it's a very wooded, tight shot, maybe 300 feet or so. Right. And to get, like, to putting, right. realistically, like, mid-range, like, kind of flippy, throw it up the middle, let it fall right, and then you have a putt for birdie. Ace run, overstable, maybe faster, where you're doing the same flex and then getting that skip left. That's just how I see it in my mind. Yeah. One, a much more consistent shot. Another, that second shot, way more difficult of an execution. Yeah. Like, for that's, me, that's where I had to, like, veer away from. Yeah. For me, I, like, I, I 
I find this year I'm out there throwing shots more than I am playing tournaments. Do you tournaments. have the paper towel over there still? Yeah. Can I have it? I need to blow my nose. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I feel like during tournaments this year, I've gotten more, I've, at least recently, I've gotten away from like executing a game plan and playing a tournament and doing a lot more of like throwing shots where I'm just out there throwing shots and then moving on. And then I get to the next one and I, I'm, I'm out of like, if, I, if my drive didn't land where I wanted it to land, then now I'm just there like, oh, what am I going to do now? And then I'm throwing that shot and then. You know, I'll I'll throw the next shot and whatever it is like goes on, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of lose my game plan. And then after like that hole, I'm uh. not then reorienting to get back to like executing my game plan on the next hole. And then all of a sudden, like three holes have gone by, mm-hmm. and where I should have been playing like two down, I actually played like one over. And then I'm, and then mentally, I'm like, well, what the fuck just happened? Like I'm out here to do this tournament, and I don't know if it's because of like COVID or like the season being so weird or whatever it is, but like I've had a harder time like dialing into that. Mm-hmm. But when I am dialed into it, what you were talking about affects me more on upshots mm-hmm. because like the shot off the tee pad, I usually have a very clear idea in my mind of like, this is the shot. And if it is a thing that I can run, I'm going to try to run it. But for the most part off the tee pad, like I'm not trying to like ace stuff like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really wired that way. Yeah. But on upshots, I find that like I'm trying to get my upshot to a putt, mm-hmm. not trying to get my upshot under the basket. Yeah. And it makes a big difference in my score mm-hmm. because like if I have a patent pending and I'm hanging out the side of the fairway and I have a branch hanging over me and I have to like cut this shot out the outside before I throw it, I just think I just need to get to a putt. And then I just throw like a much more relaxed shot, probably out like safer and wider and have it cut over and I land 20 feet out and it's not a hard putt mm-hmm. where previously or at times when I'm not really focused on what I'm doing, I'm thinking like, I got to get this up there and then I'll cut it in. It'll catch the bush that's like kind of right in front of me or I'll like, you know, kind of like shoot it down too low or whatever because I'm too concentrated on getting it like under the basket or give it a run or right. whatever. And I, I feel like I throw a bad drive, right? I'm probably going to get a par. On a par mm-hmm. three, I'm probably going to get a par because I'm, I'm not counting on throw-ins. So yeah. then like in that moment of actually getting ready to take that shot, I'm just trying to think on like I'm playing for the par get it to where there's a comfortable putt and how can I get it there comfortably instead of like letting my brain take over and be like, I can, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to throw this in and it's going to be sweet. Yeah. And then I hit a bush in Very front of me. Very low percentage shot. Yeah. yeah. And then I hit the bush in front of me or I'm just trying too hard. You mm-hmm. know, same thing off the tee when you're like just trying too hard. It's when I throw yeah. it low. And I think that's what forces that to happen when um, you're in the mindset of like getting it close or like giving it a run. You're then like trying too hard because you're now forcing yourself to throw that perfect shot yes yeah yeah like i expect perfection instead of like i'm just gonna throw the shot that i know is gonna give me opportunity and i don't know how many times paul said it and other people but like opportunity like breeds success like in the game like if you have opportunities to get birdies yeah great because you're even if you're taking the same score like if you have a dude you go to firefighters let's say you and i we go play we both shoot par yeah threes on everything which hopefully isn't the case but still like say that's the case and say like i'm like not getting off the tee and you're getting within 40 every time but i'm like within 100 every time you played better than i did just because you gave yourself opportunities yeah you're more likely to be shooting better than me at some point in time because of that or vice versa or whoever the hell it is yeah just because of that so that's something that i've been trying to keep like in my mind and that helps me 
with not having to throw like perfect lines yeah because yet again what you said earlier when i said to you is like if people are playing perfect right you're not gonna beat them right right yeah like unless they're terrible yeah and they play perfect and then you won't even know yeah that it happened like this saturday <laughs> doubles event <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I had I, I had like a rule last year that I played with that actually helped me mentally now that you said that, like opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's when I was driving out there, like obviously like the drive to the tournament, I'm thinking about the course I'm playing, what am I doing, what's my game plan, all this stuff. But I also think about like holes that I can reasonably birdie. And I'll think of it in my head of if I was going to play two casual rounds with my friends, what holes w- would I would I birdie? And like out of the two rounds together. So if there's 18 holes, then I'd be like, I would birdie like 12 holes throughout the day out there, right? Like there's 12 holes out there that I could reasonably, without doing something fantastical, Mm -hmm. right? Like I I could birdie those holes. And I always go with like two thirds of that for my actual goal for the tournament, for Mm -hmm. like like that round. You know what I mean? So like if you're going to firefighters, it's like, okay, I can birdie 18 holes. Yeah. Right? Like I could birdie all 18 holes without doing anything fantastical, right? Like I could get there. Or like if you took 11 off or something, right? But let's just for round numbers, let's just say it. Yeah. So reasonably, if I was playing firefighters, like I would be in my head, like I want to shoot 12 down. Yeah. Right? Like the two thirds of that, just giving like if I can get myself an opportunity, most of the holes that I think I can birdie and I can capitalize on like three quarters of those, right? I should balance out to about like, and that's kind of in my head, like to keep my expectations realistic. You know what I mean? About like what I'm actually trying to do and how I feel about my score and what it is that I'm doing. Um, and I would have an easier time executing with that in my mind. You know, like I, it wasn't too much pressure on me. Like you were talking about like, you know, like playing tournament, like you don't want to be out there. Like I got to win this and all that stuff. Yeah. You don't want to have this crazy pressure because then you're trying to throw everything perfectly. But just that kind of idea for me kept me like loose and kept me like engaged and motivated <laughs> and like plugged into my game plan. Mm-hmm. You know, of like two thirds of however many holes I think I can birdie. Um, it just you're in the dark when you're playing a course you don't really know yeah you know? <laughs> that's yeah like it's that's tough yeah and like for me and i'm sure it's the same for a lot is like i've played a course uh what was it star not star jc but i think just star park or something i don't know it's in the middle of nowhere really yeah. cool like kind of deuce or die course but like that's one of like maybe a handful of times I've played it blind and I shot course record like, and then got beat by Barham by one stroke. So I went shot 14 blind yeah. just because I was able to execute and it just worked out Yeah. versus knowing what the course was. I shot, I think two strokes worse the second time around. Yeah. But even still is like the first time should have been like, it probably should have been flip flopped, but also that first round is like kind of a fluke, like being yeah, able to shoot well it. blind. Right is is a really unique trait to be able to have yeah where it's like you can trust what your discs are gonna do and you throw it as for me i go and i play somewhere blind or a course i haven't played in a long time like i played independence on saturday i haven't played that since last year yeah. or maybe longer actually and it was like i know like i recognize th- this hole i know yeah. what i used to throw but like now, because how I used to play then versus now, I mean, it, it alters right. like you, you have a better feel for something here and there. And there it's that was like my Sunday at Mott. Same. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I should have gone out and played it last week. Yeah. And I, did I, it. I told Dan because yeah. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be more um, professional, professional, yeah. organized, have a game plan. And even with Dan, like I know Dan wants to get good. He's trying. I'm trying to like help him out. Like I got this even for you. Like I went to Scott. Here's like. 120 bucks 
I'm going to raid your stash. Yeah. Like, All right. Um, here's discs for you. You go practice. I know you lose them, but I know you like these discs and then yeah. you throw them well, you, Kyle, and whatever. Um, and I played doubles with very few people. Like Jared won, Scott another. Scott still drives me a little. At least the last time I was playing, it was like he'll get like a little sassy about it or whatever, like down yeah. kind of quickly. So it's like I have to quickly like build him back up. Yeah. So I wanted to do that with Dan, like at least play a round or two, see like where we're at, like doubles wise, because there was a couple instances there where it's like you made some bad choice there. I'll give you an example in a second, but. It was, I wanted to relearn the lines. I wanted to like really dial in like what I wanted to throw. Even if it was like, I'm going to throw a putter off this and then I'll decide later what the putter would be or um, like any variation of it, just so I have an idea. So I know where the baskets are at because a couple holes changed. But then uh, on one of the extras, it's the par four. Like, are you familiar with the extras or no? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's the one that goes around and then you have to throw for the water. Yeah. So I'll give you the layout and you tell me what you would do in this situation. So you and I are partners. We're playing this hole. Yeah. And off the tee, you decide to go sidearm or whatever just yep. to like try to get up high and have it float down right. Right. You throw it too straight and we're like on the high side of the hill looking straight at the basket. Yep. I go sidearm, try to get like cut the corner with a high speed disc and try to get really close. Right. Just that's the more risky shot. But if it works out, great. If you not, we still have something. Right. So now, who throws and what do they do? What do Throw, you mean? Because we take – so my, I'm sorry. My shot gets messed up. We have to take yours, right. which is in the safe spot. It's a long look across the water, kind of tight gap or whatever. Yep. So now, who goes yep. and what do they do? Do they play safe for the first shot or do they try to go for it or, or what? I know what I would do. Okay. So I think in that circumstance, the first person's going to throw the safe shot. And mm -hmm. like for me, when I have partners, I always let them choose mm -hmm. if they want to go first or not. And every time I play partners, I tell them the same thing. Yeah. If you ever just want to go, go. If you always want to go first, always go first. If you always want to go second, you can always go second. I just want, because yeah. I want them to be comfortable. Yeah. Because I'm already like counting on them to do something. Something. Yeah. And like, I want to be the <laughs> yeah. guy that's there. Like, if you need me to like rub your back in between yeah. each hole. Come so here, bro. <laughs> if you can save me four strokes, like I'm in. Yeah. Hey, but, I got this gun I just right. got. You know, I'll I, just hammer it out. Yeah. And yeah. I also want like some accountability on your point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want at the end of the round to be like, here's a bunch of excuses. Yeah. Because when we're going to the car, we both know, like, I fucked up hole nine, you fucked up hole six, or like, you know, whatever. Um, but I'd look at it in that situation specifically, like, the person that goes first is going safe. Mm -hmm. And I would say the person that is, for that shot specifically, the person that's like the straight thrower, mm -hmm. right? Because you have people like, I throw very straight most of the time. I don't yeah. throw a lot of high, like I do throw hyzers and stuff, but when it's like a wide open field, I'm still going to throw like a straight shot. It's just yeah. like my style, how my brain works, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so in that circumstance, like for the safe shot, I'm going to let my partner do whatever he wants. But if it was like you and me playing, obviously I'm going to go first mm -hmm. because I'm thinking like my game is straight. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to probably be able to like get something like straight shot to get over the pond, land somewhere up there by the basket and be relatively safe. Yes. And then you can do some fucking like magic or whatever throw yeah. some hyzer or forehand scooby or whatever the fuck it yeah. is and like <laughs> yeah. weave some line that i can actually like put us like under the basket or make a run at it yeah right which would be like 
You're right. But yeah. in partner golf and even in individual golf, there's plenty of times when I line up for a shot and I'm thinking like, throw it safe. And then yeah. somewhere when this thing starts moving backwards, <laughs> my brain's like, you fucking got this. And I'm like, <laughs> I do got it. Ah, and then shit, I'm like, you're right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, God, uh, I don't got this. Why did I listen to him? <laughs> Me. Um, so I yeah. like, I can understand, you know, that thing um, of like, yeah, I'm going to throw the safe shot. And then literally like, right as you're getting ready to get into it, you're like, no, I got this. And yeah. you're just like, dude, I'm assuming because we're talking about it, that that's what took place. <laughs> it was so the the tee shots are specifically what just happened. Yeah. And then Dan is very antsy to throw. So yep. like uh, there was obviously a weight on that hole. And we talked like a little bit here and there of like what's going to happen and Dan was saying something about like well we're just going to lay here and I'm just going to like lay up or whatever. But I didn't like I heard part of it cuz yeah. it was after like yeah, I said I was going to do this and then I re- like recalled it cuz I was just focused on what I wanted to do and I knew in my head and I didn't convey it the best what should take place right so he throws first he throws first every time because his throws are sporadic i'm a little more consistent than he is so i'm going to base what i do yes off of what he does yes okay i think that's a pretty solid game plan yes. to start even if we were partners i would probably just always go yeah. first yeah so he throws a felon sidearm he like the idea is right he misses it a little bit like instead of lofting it like his shoop that he's notorious for doing yeah which he needed to do here didn't do through a good line drive so he's on the si- high side of the hill i throw pd2 inside try to cut that corner so we take his because mine's in no position to do anything other than both of us are just laying up we get to his lie and he's all like as i'm putting my cart down and i'm like all right let's think about this i turn around and he's already lining up and like throwing and so in my head, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? But as you're throwing so, like this, yeah. is he like putting to the he's bottom? Put, he's putting to the bottom. He's throwing safe shot. I'm thinking like, how about one of us runs it? Like regardless, even if it was you and me from up there, from where we're at to do a putt safe shot is like a 50 foot putt to put us in a good position to throw clear straight across where I think both of us have the skill set to be able to be the person to lay up. So my thinking is, Whoever's feeling that straight shot, you go. So if it were him and he was like, yeah, I'm feeling it. Or he's like, no, I'm not really feeling it. Whatever. I'll go because I am. I want to throw across. I want somebody to throw across first. Yeah. And then the second be the safe shot. Okay. Because if the first person does make it, then the second person has opportunity to do the same thing. Because now we have two options from up there. And one, maybe you're parked or maybe you throw it better because you have less pressure to throw perfect shot because you're right. already knowing he's right there yeah at least we have a putt yes but now i feel pressure on me because not only did he go first did he throw the safe shot that ended up like iffy or whatever and even still it was an easy up and down from there now it's like i have to like i have to execute i have to whatever and the even fuckier thing on top of that is i throw a shot i pull it right a little and it hits one of the trees in yeah. the swamp area and immediately it's like that's immediately OB. I don't know if I'll even be able to find it. And then it was like, it actually made its way all the way through. So we had like a 35 putter for three actually. But I was more frustrated that there was like the lack of communication across like both of us really. Yeah. Because I think that's the smarter thing to do is if it was a harder safe shot, yeah, then I would say do safe shot first. But with how 
relatively easy it is because it's just a putt there. It's not like you're actually throwing it. You're throwing like a spin putt. He's pretty good at throwing that distance and controlling it. I'm pretty good at throwing that distance and controlling it. That if the first person who goes for it fucks up, that it's like now you make the decision. Do I go for it because you fucked up or do I lay up? Yeah. And ideally it'd be like, unless you're like a hundred percent on this, like, you know, you're going to do it or whatever. Lay up. Like it's, that's the I difference di- between I a four. I, I and disagree. A, yeah. On that hole. I'm never laying up before the pond mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. I've, I've like literally hit like a hole like this big in those bushes to the right of that opening. Yeah. And gone like, ridiculous but like i was in a tournament i got caught i like grazed a tree on the way over Mm -hmm. landed short of the opening couldn't get to the opening and all i had was this tiny hole in front of me yeah so i just ripped a disc through the hole and just went like 50 no like 80 feet past the basket yeah and got like i got across but like I was thinking it was going to hit some foliage at some point, yeah. either on this side of the water <laughs> yeah. or that side of the water, and then like trickle down it. But I gave it enough to make sure it got across. Yeah. And instead, I was like a hundred long, and then I didn't have a shot coming back. So then I had to lay up over there, and I ended up taking the four anyways. Mm-hmm. But for that hole, I'm thinking two people, one of you is going to get across. Like yeah. I, I would never in my mind think for doubles to like leave it short, like that the layup would be on this side. Right, because I'm and that's why that's why I wanted him to do it. Even if it was me going first, yeah, I still think that. I mean, depending on how terrible it was, unless he's like, like if you're feeling it, like go for it. Right, that's a like I'll take that risk or whatever. But if you're really not feeling it, just lay up. Like if you're too antsy about it because like I fucked up or whatever, or if you feel less pressure because you want to go first, I'll take either one of it because I as you. I'll massage you. I'll fuck. I'll get you whatever the right. fuck you need because I'm comfortable enough. Because he's newer to competition, right? Versus I have more experience. More like there's not this weird tension. Like I don't know how his brain works. If he gets like super tight and like yeah. amped up while it, it like the rounds going on, or he's like totally relaxed, like we're playing casual round. Yeah. And for the most part, like he's in th- more that side of the fence than like oh shit, now we're in a tournament. Right. Like things matter and whatever. Right. And I'd like to attribute to like all the Taco Bell he's bought me <laughs> because of playing those rounds because I want that same thing. I want something to be on the line. So when this time comes, right, it's not scary or like nerve wracking or whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, I just think in general, though, playing doubles rounds with people, um, it, it, it impacts the way that you like think about them as a human in the future. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, I, I, like, I've played doubles rounds with people that I really like. And when I'm done, I'm like, this fucking guy, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> really? And there, yeah. And there's never very much on the line for, like, doubles. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But yeah. I ju- I'm just thinking, like, because for me, I guess so much of a part of my game is the decision making. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there are things that I just can't execute that, like, yeah. I really rely on the decision making. And I really get pissed at bad decision making. Yeah. Like, I don't get pissed at the execution. Yeah. If we're, like... This is the shot. Yeah. And you miss the shot. I get it. Yeah. But when it's like, we could do that shot, or I'm going to do this thing I've never even heard of before, and I'm going to do it, and then like it fucking blows. Backhand like, thumber, what's that? I don't no, know. I'll no. give it a whirl. It, it, it's a turnover shot. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to force a boss over there. And you're like, wait, what, what? are you going to do? And then they rip it, and it fades out to the left over into the middle of nowhere, and they're like, oh, sorry about that. And I'm just like, 
what like what I, did you think I'm, was gonna happen? Right, I'm more <laughs> mad about that than if you like caged a 15 footer on the last hole. You know what I mean? Like, can you tell me the story of the bus? Because I feel like this is a story you're referring. Oh to. no, I just saw it. they weren't my partner okay. at the time, but oh, I saw okay. somebody do it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. But yeah. I've had people like as my partners um, at different things that are like. Like, there's a clear shot. Most people, if you're ever my partner on something, I'm not talking about, like, a random draw. Like, we went and played a tournament. Mm-hmm. I've probably played a lot of rounds with you. I, yeah. I probably know your yeah. bag. I don't even know, like, yeah. I not only know your shots, like, I know, like, this is that disc for you. Yeah. And thinking on, like, what saying that there, like, that pertains to me, too. Yeah. Hence why I said, like, I've played competitive right. doubles rounds with less than what i can count on my hand yeah 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 so so yeah. for me like you and i yes. were doubles partners once mm-hmm. and we both just absolutely where was this at remember what, no. when you when you turned the stiletto into a oh uh, yeah. yeah we oh, both yeah. shit the bed oh my god but that wasn't a thing like there was no decision making issues so i didn't have a yeah. problem it was more of just neither one of us brought it we didn't execute yeah. no and then we played with those guys and it was very uncomfortable Remember which guy we were gonna play with D Rock and his dad, mm. or D Rock's mm. dad. I think so. Dakota's dad. Remember, I and then like so. they they like carded us up. I don't know. But it was a long time ago when we played birdies for boobies at uh, Addison. Yeah, like forever ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we both. I remember that. I just don't yeah. remember. Yeah, whatever. The who we were playing? Yeah, with. We, we, we. I, I hope Dakota's dad's doing okay. Yes, yeah, so he's do not I. doing so well. So do but I. yeah, seriously. But, yeah, but like in that situation, like as my partner, like, dude, you you could come out and not show up, and I'll be frustrated. You could come out and play really well and make two bad decisions, and my whole car ride home, I'm going to be like, I don't even know how I'm friends with this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. W- what am I doing yeah, with my life? I've already unfriended you <laughs> on Facebook. Where <laughs> else am blocked. I? Fo- yeah, <laughs> you're blocked. It's over. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Or if like something <sighs> shitty happens and you can't let it go. Yeah, those are the two that I can't deal with when yeah. when I have a partner. Like if you if you didn't bring your skill set today, it's going to take a lot to really wear me down. Yeah, like if you keep missing the second putt if you want me to putt first for you to go second and then you can't hit the second putt Mm -hmm. and you don't want to putt first like i start to wear out yeah because then like i'm putting with the pressure of putting second i might as well just be putting second right um but it's mostly like if you're making bad decisions or if something works you and you just can't let it go yeah i want to be like dude like yeah you're gonna have a real problem in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, dude. Or if you start telling me like, okay, you just fucked up this shot, and then you tell me, well, I did it this one time, yeah. like I don't know, seventeen years ago. It's like great. Yeah. How many times have you done it in total? Right. Oh, like less than five. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it's th- cool I'm that you based your shot off of that. Right. I'm gonna thumber <laughs> this. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I've never seen you thumber. I got this. Yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. I got this dialed yeah. in. Yeah. Dude. So. uh yeah, so so you've been teaching just like to catch everybody, anybody that's listening up. So you've been teaching a couple guys this year pretty heavily, mm-hmm. Dan and Kyle. Yes, right. And then you've helped other people throughout time, like help, well, help me and yeah. help like other people throughout time, like get better at disc golf. Yes. Um. So what in terms of like your helping people uh, teach disc golf, like how does it help you? Because like I I've I've coached basketball when I was in high school and I've done like oh really yeah and I like ta'd a lot when i was in college many of the times that i was in college and yeah. uh tutored <laughs> and stuff and uh i always found it like really rewarding for me and then like yeah you know i went to aa and like sponsored people and i found that sponsoring people really helped me and i've taken on like helping people and teaching people disc golf and it helps me mm-hmm. um teaching people putting hurts me for sure really yeah because i break down like my like my theory on putting why i putt how i putt the whole thing and whatever and when I actually take the time to explain it to someone to teach them how to putt, 
then for some period of time after that, every time I putt, I'm thinking of all those mechanics. And like the key to my putt is very much like super simple. So I don't have to think about it straight forward, straight back and go. Yeah. And when I explain all the mechanics to somebody, then after that, when I'm putting, I'm thinking of all of the mechanics. Interesting. And it throws me off. So I've just stopped teaching people how to putt. Yeah. Anything like, else but putting. Yeah. You can watch okay. all the videos you want because yeah. when I teach people how to putt, it destroys my putting. That's because like all of my, I can't think of all the things I'm doing while I'm putting and putt well. Mm-hmm. Like my putt specifically when I putt best, like I'm literally thinking like, man, that cloud is beautiful. You know, yeah. like I'm thinking nothing and I'm yeah. just like smashing like white shit. noise. Yeah. Like kinda. 60 feet. I'm just like, whoa, cool. And all I'm thinking yeah. is like straight back, straight forward. Here we go. Right. But the minute I'm thinking of like, is this lined up with that? Is it, you know, like yeah. is my foot, you right? break it down. It's yeah. over. And so yeah. when I teach people putting, it goes to shit. Yeah. And I think that would be the same with anybody. It's weird that it's like your brain then starts it like latches on to like, well, I was just talking about this. I'm trying to teach so myself while I'm doing it. Yes. But every other part of disc golf, as I've like tried to teach people or help people with it or whatever, it rewards me because like maybe mm-hmm. I'll catch something that I'm doing or I'll see something that they're doing or yeah. I'll come up with a drill to try to help them break out of something that then I can use. Mm-hmm. Or I end up at the store trying to find something to help them and then it helps my yeah. game out a lot. I mean, either way. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Because spending $100 on a disc makes you better at disc golf. <laughs> <laughs> no it doesn't it makes your bins more valuable yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah i mean i personally really do enjoy it and i think that there's a the ability to teach stuff like whatever it is yeah. i think you really solidify it because there's a there's something to be said about talking about something that you know yeah. like you've read it you've studied it and whatever and it's in your head And there's times here and there where you can talk about it. But when you like say it and explain it, I think there's like that extra sense of knowledge that really solidifies it for you. And it brings out more like, I don't know what's happening, but like your brain's firing and it's like, oh, yeah, but this and this and this and this kind of thing. And even though it's like these little like micro transactionary type of things. Yeah. It's like, wow, like this just makes more sense or like I forgot about it. But when I'm like breaking it down for somebody else. I relearn it to some degree. Like it's still there kind of, but now it's like, Oh, okay. Like let's do this. Right. So teaching Dan and Kyle as much as I possibly can, because I don't care if you're like great at disc golf and like, you think I can help you with something I'll try. And, or if you're like terrible at disc golf and you're brand new and you're trying to get better and you like want or whatever. Great. Like I'll, and anywhere in between, but if you're like the douchebag who's like, x y and z it's like i don't want to play with you at all i would rather play with like the people that are just bad and want to like learn and get better versus the guy who's already great and right. is just like a total tool or whatever so teaching them it's like kyle specifically he's gotten better at this but his drive has gotten really good and it's still lacking in like here and there but he's figured out how to transfer power better he's right. fi- he knows how to transfer power in an overhand now he's just lacking clean release in overhand so not like the disc is like going really far like everywhere right um but trying to teach him how to like get your weight on your back foot like you are in your tomahawk like you are in your backhand like just transferred that footwork over right and he took like a couple weekends and he was able to do it he like texts me back and forth and i try to like ask him what he's doing what he's doing differently um but with his putting He's very, ah, I don't really care about that. 
And it's right. like, dude, like if you're going to, no one's talking to you, Siri. If you're going to like want to be better, if you're going to focus on one thing, putting. Right. You could be the guy, names will not be dropped, but you can throw 650, 700 feet legitimately. But if you can't put that anywhere close or, or whatever, or if you can't putt like on the green, like even within 20 feet, it's like, dude, the dude who's throwing accurate 350 right. is going to beat you every time. Right. Or most of the time, whatever. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's it, 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 that like that's that's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. Uh, for me with Kyle, it's like, cause it's like, dude, like, come on, like care, but he's been doing it more. He's gotten better, especially since the first time I played with him. The first time I played with him or a couple of times was very like, I don't give a shit about this. And I'm like, why aren't you like really putting? He's like, ah, cause like I can do it later. Right. He's like, okay. Like whatever. Did you tell him that until you're a great putter, you're never going to get the lady? Yeah. <laughs> I should have. All the cash up. and prizes yeah. will never be yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Dan asks more questions that Ky- then Kyle at that time. They both ask about the same que- like questions. Um, but like I try to I think I'm pretty decent at thinking of like weird metaphors of like how things work sometimes. And sometimes I think I'm just talking pure gibberish because it's like I give like weird examples sometimes where it's like I don't know how my brain came up with this. Yeah. But to me, it makes sense. Hopefully to you, it does. So I try to like take that weirdness and like maybe one of these like phrases or metaphors or whatever i'm using will just click for you because there's weird things at times where it's like for me it's like i don't know how i didn't understand that before but now i get it even though this doesn't like it makes sense but doesn't at the same time right i'm trying to do that for them so every time we're going and playing a lot of times i'll ask them like to me it looks good and it looks right it looks like it's flat and straight because dan really likes to reach high and then just shoot through and he throws it way up in the air and then there's times where he'll throw it flat and i'll be like how'd that feel i already know like it looks good i don't want to give like the immediate like you did a good job it's right. like i want you to like did it feel good to you because then i could be like yeah because that looked great yeah and it's gotten better over time um but dan's put a lot of time into putting i don't know what he's done or like how he did it or whatever but like i mean when i first met him pretty good putter like whatever like he was kind of all over the place and sometimes he gets that weird like i don't know like stuck on my thumb or whatever the hell it is but for the most part he's really slow and methodical in his putt and he's able to transfer his weight into that putt really well yeah to where it's like i don't i feel like i don't need to give you pointers on it unless you have a question you want to ask me on like how i do things which they do pretty frequently him much less now in putting because I think he's gaining that confidence in his putting. Yeah. Now that it's like, I mean, even that tournament is like, he was making a lot of really good putts. He made three like phenomenal putts. One being like the hundred footer at the end to like really just like to those guys, like just for the hex, because it's like, we were both mad because we were getting beat by like flaily arms. They were just like hitting their lines, like great for them. Like they were having an on day or whatever but like the consistently consistency to hit those lines uh, yeah a little dicey like it I, worked that I, day. I, yeah it worked yeah it worked that, that day, day. Yeah. like good so but um in doing all that it i i relearn things i re-solidify things for myself yeah. and it helps me just in general it doesn't like that kind of breakdown of my putt actually helps me in 
thinking with my body like when I'm doing it if that makes sense so I'm not breaking it down in my head anymore it's just like this is what I do and this is what I think of and then I just I focus on getting my weight on my back foot and then just popping up and just I put my hand like at the chains yeah and as long as I'm like literally the the main thing is if I pop my hand open and I don't do the weird thumb thing that I've told you before it's like high percentage that it's going to give it a run or go in or whatever and it's gotten to the point where I'll know if it's in or not. I've had like those spurts of like I putt and it's just like that's in. Yeah. And then it like nine times out of ten it is. Yeah. And it's and that's like fifty and in. So I personally really enjoy doing it. And I like I mean, everyone likes to be wanted in some way. Like you're of use. Like I have valuable stuff. Because if it's like I'm not a good golfer, disc golfer, whatever, if I'm not being like asked questions. So this makes me think of like, I know I'm a good, I personally know like I'm pretty good at disc golf, but this kind of like reinstates that. And I want more for like other people to be out there and like playing well. Cause if Dan, for sure, if he can figure out to stop shooping pro yeah, hundred percent, but he's lackluster because of his shoots. Yeah. So it's, I'm trying to help him figure out how to do that. And that's like, it's really hard because it's something like mental in him that he just needs to break. And I yep. don't know what it is specifically, but with Kyle, like Kyle's gotten a lot better. Kyle's gotten more consistent. And I take like pride in that where it's like, I helped you guys like get better. Right. And it's helped me along the way too. Like even just the playing for stuff, it puts both of us in that competitive mindset, even though it's just like Taco Bell and it's just a friendly wager just that in of itself is a benefit to both of us. Yeah. And I, I just, I think it's a good thing. And like having that is the same as playing with Jared, like all those times, all the time to where it's just, you're constantly pushing yourself. And that's what I want too, is like, I, you push me when we play, they like Dan pushes me when we play, Kyle pushes me when we play. And there's like something there. And it's the, the biggest thing too, is like, you want to get better you want to be the best that you can be and it's like this right now like is it like there's always like a better me i think and i think they have that same thing dan um like quite a bit um and i just i think that's a really good thing like all around like just for the group because like if i can do it to like a big group cool but also i think that takes away from now you're like just a strictly a teacher (laughs) yeah and you take away time from from yourself because i still want to be good golfer i have my like group of close friends and i want them to be the best yeah not that i'm not like rooting for anybody else but like yeah 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 i'm the same way i also think of in terms of like a little bit of our conversation last time in terms of like the growth of the sport and the progress of the sport um like every and, and like we we're talking about you know we we're talking about like your dad like you knew about disc golf and then you yeah. were like hey you knew about this yeah <laughs> um but i i, I feel like in, in the amount of time and the the effort that I've put into figuring out whatever it is I figured out. And some things I know and I still can't execute. And there's things that like, you know, I, I have like at least directions I can point you in of like this person's probably really good to talk to or that person's probably really good to talk to or this person understands it better than I do. Um, I just like to save people time, you know yeah. what I mean? Because like as I've gotten older, I just realize like how valuable time is. And then mm-hmm. even like when you figure something out, whatever it is, and you're just like, awesome. And then my next thought is like, man, if I would have been doing this, you know, like at, at whatever point or, or whatever, like, you know, I'd be farther along now. And I just want to save people time, you know, and, and yeah. we, were, we were talking last time about like people growing up 
with like Simon existing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And like Eagles forehand existing and knowing that like, okay, if I can just do exactly what they're doing, then I'll be able to do that too. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Right. But right. like, at least, you know, the, you format. Have the opportunity, right. You have the format of doing do it. it. Yeah. So I just look at like, in helping other people and in doing that stuff, like I'm just trying to save them time. Mm-hmm. So that way I can shorten the amount of time it takes them to get as good as I am or uh, like to get them to a point to where like now all they're working on is timing. Yeah. Right. Or now all they're working on is comfort with their discs or whatever. And just try to like push their evolution into a shorter time frame. So that way the end result will be that much better. You know what I mean? And and really trying to help people like just become as great as they want to be, you know? And it's easier to do that. What you were talking about earlier, like it's easier to do that with people that want to be great Mm -hmm. because you're like, all right, I'm putting my time in, I'm giving you like all of these time saving things to help you be great. Mm-hmm. because you really want to be great and like i want to contribute to that yeah you know that's, like that's funny you say that too because there was um i quickly learned like at some point in time i figured out like there's at least pointers that i can give like yeah. here there. i don't know all or whatever but i know like definitively xyz whatever right um and then like i can prove it and uh i quickly learned that i used to try to give advice to like people like when i back in texas or whatever and it just it Unsol- didn't are you talking about unsolicited advice yeah oh, yeah yeah yeah. Awesome. just like just here like, hey buddy yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so um i quickly realized like some people just they could care fucking less yeah and i was like okay i'll just go fuck myself i was just i legitimately legitimately trying to help you out right didn't want it and that's fine too because like also it's like they never asked for it fine right. whatever you can, um, al- you can also come across super douchey doing yeah. that yeah 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 um especially if you do it to a guy who's there with his girlfriend yeah totally um but the last time i did it it was the first time in a long time uh dan and i were playing at seymour and there's a group of like uh high schoolers or whatever they're out playing and they're all like pretty athletic a couple of them like really had it kind of figured out yeah like it was still like kind of iffy just kind of like whipping your arm wherever but there was one guy who was just like he would keep his chest to the target and then just like turn his arm and then still throw it with his chest, like still pointed at it. And I was watching it, watching it for like the whole round. And we we're just sitting thinking, cause they're all like a bunch of athletic dudes. This dude is like the most athletic out of all of them. Yeah. And it looks like they want to be some sort of like competitive, like good at the game. Like even if it's just like beating up on your buddies or whatever, right. that they're just doing that. And the end of it, one, I didn't want to like, be the douchey guy or whatever like on hole three i said it and then we're behind him the whole time um but or like maybe get into his head even though it probably like really didn't fucking matter because they're just out there chucking discs um but like after they threw on 18 i was just like hey dude like what's your name whatever he's like uh like adam or whatever the hell it was and i was like i don't know if you care about this or not but like you'll throw better if you literally just do this. And I showed him like, just turn your chest. Like, this is what you're doing. Just do this and try and you'll throw better. And that was like all I was trying to do. Cause it was like, hopefully that will just help you get yeah. as good as your other friends. Cause he was like all over the place, like thrown way up in the sky, but it was still like going somewhere. And then his other buddies who were like, had it somewhat more dialed in, just didn't tell him or they didn't realize that they were doing it. Right. Like, why do my discs fly like this? And yours just don't. Right. And it's just like, here's something like clearly obvious. Yeah. Like just do this and try it and whatever. And he's like, Oh cool. And I think he like, yeah, cool. Fuck off dude. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Thanks we'll for s- that weirdo. We'll s- yeah. yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking those circumstances, like he beats them at everything else. 
Yeah. And this is the one thing that like yeah. he hasn't figured it out <laughs> probably. yet. Probably. Yeah. And probably. And, he's like, and then his friends were like, "This fucking why'd you tell him?" Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thanks, fucker. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "You guys want to play pool? No. Why don't yeah. we go play disc golf again? Yeah. You sure, we can go play some basketball. No, man. Yeah, we really yeah. want to go How play about some football, soccer. Yeah. I don't know. Ping pong. No, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. Let's play Table disc golf football. again. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that chest straight. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's it. That's good. Um. All right, dude. I think that that's that's good. How long do we go for? What time is it? I have no idea. Dude, I don't know. We kill. Oh, it's eight thirty. Yeah. So I think we're probably good. I think we're about two hours in. Yeah, something. Fuck yeah. Cov- covered a lot. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, it was a great time, man. Yeah, I look yeah. forward to doing it again. Me too. Next yeah. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Keep tune in. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Later. <thank you. laughs> we didn't. We didn't die from the shots. <laughs>